Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. It feels good to be in the house of God, even though we ain't in the house of God together. You know, um, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Amen. The Bible says, do not forsake the fellowship. We need each other, church. We need each other to to stick close to each other, to have each other's back. Amen. I covet your prayers and, and you know, I, I'm praying for you. Um, and I want to encourage you. Continue uh, striving to, to stay in the word. Continue striving to stay in fellowship with the Lord. Continue striving to stay in fellowship with one another. You know, I, I know a lot of you don't really know me yet. My name is Vernon. Uh, I hope to get to know you really good. And I hope you get to know me pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I, a little bit about myself. You know, I've, I've been in Praise Chapel for about 30 years now. Matter of fact, July 11th will be 30 years that I've been serving God. Wow. 30 years, man. And throughout that time, it wasn't it wasn't all peaches and puppy dogs, you know, um, there were times where I went through the trials. I went through the fire. There were times where I even fell, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm, uh, one thing about me is I'm a transparent dude. Okay. I'm not going to hide nothing from you. I'm not going to, uh, sugarcoat nothing. I'm going to tell you how it is, man. Cause I mean, that's who I am. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was times where I did fall. There were times where I messed up miserably, but there were times where God picked me back up. Amen. Every morning when I wake up, what I like to do is I I like to spend time with God. And one thing that I really love doing is asking the Lord, what is it that you want to speak to me about? And then usually there's a word that pops in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, and for that day, you know, that, that, that word is carried with me, you know, and throughout the day, you know, I'm, I'm just like really, um, seeking God on that word. And, you know, lately the word has been restoration that God is going to bring restoration to the house of God. Amen. And, and not only to the church, but to us individuals, amen. God's going to bring restoration. God's going to bring peace and God's going to bring um, a comfort that we need. Amen. Because how many know that we are going through things? Amen. And God's going to be there for us. He always is. Amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of First Kings. You know, there was one of my friends the other day. He wanted me to join his Facebook group. 
His name's Milo. And I thought, all right, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. So I clicked on it and, you know, it sent me a questionnaire. I don't want to fill out my taxes. I just want to, you know, join a Facebook group. So it, it's asking me all these kind of Bible questions, you know. Some of them were really easy. Some of them are a little advanced. And some of them are like, you know, mark down whatever you want. And, you know, of course, how many books of the Bible? 66. Boom. How many commandments? 10. Boom. How many, uh, I don't know, disciples? 12. Boom. You know, and then it asked this question that really stumped me. This is the question that stumped me. It was, who is your favorite Bible character? Hmm. Wait a minute. I could phone it in and, and do the obvious and put Jesus. <laughs> but who is my favorite Bible character? If I could Marty McFly it anywhere in the Bible, where am I going? Who, who am I going to go see? Am I going to go see David and Goliath and just, you know, with that, that slingshot in the forehead? Am I going to go see Sam? See, see I, I, I'm a dude. I like gory uh, violence. So I might want to go see Samson, dude, with, with that jawbone of the donkey, just cracking fools, man. What do I want to see? Then I started to think about it. This is the battle of all battles that I want to see. Okay. You got 850 over here. And in this corner, you got one. We are in Vegas, folks. So I like these odds, man. You got 850 of Baal. You know, 450 of Baal and 400 of Ashra. And, and, and over here, you have one represented by Elijah, the prophet. And they were about to have it out. They were about to duke it out, man. And see, Elijah was coming off of victories. He's just had many victories. He, he's just even had the, the, the running with a, a widow lady with the son that, that you know, uh, they, they had the miracle with the, the oil where it continued to, to fill. That just happened. So he's freshly coming off of that. Excuse me, let me, let me fix this. And then he comes into this battle. With the 850 against the one. And a perfect gentleman form, Elijah says, you go first. And so the prophets of Baal, they start praying and they start yelling and screaming. Anybody have a lighter? <laughs> Cause they got that wood out there and they got that, that carne asada out there and you know, they're trying to light it. Nothing's happening. Elijah even cracks a joke and he says, why don't you scream a little bit louder? Maybe he's, just, he's still asleep. But then they start cutting themselves and really slicing themselves up, trying to get Baal's attention. 
Then, over here on the other side, you see Elijah walking through the crowd with the shovel. He gets up to the sacrifice, begins to put in work, begins to dig. Why? God told him to. Next, he gets 12 stones. Why? God told him to. Then he looks at the carne asada and he says, it's not marinated, guys. They threw three buckets of water on it. Still not juicy enough. Elijah, chill, bro. If you wet this, it's not going to light. God told me to. So he threw three more. That's six buckets of water on that. It still ain't enough. He asked for three more. Nine buckets of water on the sacrifice. And then what does he like to do? He begins to pray. Boom. Calls down fire from heaven. The Bible says that that sacrifice, that altar, and that moat of water was all consumed. God accepted that sacrifice. Amen. And what happens next is Elijah slaughters all those prophets, kills 850 of them. Then he tells Ahab, you better get your butt out of here, dude, because it's about to rain. Because it hasn't rained in, in, in quite some time now because the man of God shut up the rain. And now the man of God is saying it's going to rain. So it's about to rain. Ahab takes off. And matter of fact, God does another miracle right at that second. It says that Elijah was able to run faster than the chariot all the way back. Dude, talk about from going glory to glory to glory to glory, man. You ever been like that before? You ever been on cloud nine? Like, like everything that you touch, you got the Midas touch, man. Everything that you do, you're blessed. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed coming in, blessed coming out, brother. Come on. Hallelujah. Devil's a liar, but I'm on fire. <laughs> Amen. You ever feel like that? Like, like you're on top of the world. But I want you to listen to something. First Kings chapter 19. Let me put my specs on here. Chapter 19, verse one through three. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he, how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them. Verse three, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Now, Elijah, what was going on here was he told Ahab, leave. 
And when he left, he followed. And Ahab started to tell his wife Jezebel about everything that transpired at, 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 at that mountain. And she ended up putting a spell on him, a hit. She cursed him. Amen. She said, by this time tomorrow, you're going to die. And she had his, her servant go tell him. The Bible says in verse three that when he heard this, that he ran. He got shook. He got scared. The man who called down fire from heaven that killed 850 men is afraid of one woman that he's never met before? Seriously, the Bible doesn't say that they ever met. It says that he only heard of her. He heard of her accusations, her rumors, her threats. That's what he was afraid of. He never seen her. He don't know who she was. See, a lot of times when we think of Elijah, we think of, of this great man of God, which he was. He was. He was a great, powerful, powerful man of God. But we forget Elijah was just a man, just like you and I. James 5, 17, it says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it may not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Elijah was a human being, just like you and I. It says it right there. He wasn't no Marvel, DC, Super, Stan Lee human. No. He was like you and I. Matter of fact, one Bible trivia that, you know, some people might not know, only two people made it up to heaven without dying. You know them? Enoch and Elijah, the only two that never died. Amen, little Bible trivia for you. But, you know, Elijah was starting to get scared because things were not going his way. He began to lose track and lose focus. I know I've done that before. You know, there was a time when I, I, I was young in my ministry and my wife and I, we had a ministry. She was, she was a singer and I was a rapper. And I would rap, she would sing, I would come up and preach. And then our kids, they were uh, uh, a part of our ministry as well. Matter of fact, we were youth pastors. And we were talking to our pastor about starting our own church. And we were about to go down that road. But you know, how many know that sometimes the enemy can throw in monkey wrenches and distort and corrupt and just destroy the whole plan. Amen. If we let them. And boy, did I let them. I began to let little pet sins in. Little things that, you know, um, uh, most people would turn their cheek at like, oh, that, that ain't nothing. I began to let little things in. Little compromise. 
You know, the Bible talks, it's, it's clear where it says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Sometimes it's the little things in our life that will destroy us. Sometimes it's the little minute things that we think it ain't gonna have that big of an effect. Sometimes that's what destroys us. Just be careful. If you begin to notice something in your life that shouldn't be there, an open door, you need to shut that right away. Let me be completely transparent with you. When you open a door, when you open a door, you have no idea what is coming through that door. You have no control over it. If you're opening, opening a pet door, sin, a little pet doggy door, yeah, a wolf couldn't get through there. You need to stop with your compromising. That's going to lead to your destruction. Amen. See, we read about Peter as well. Peter. Peter began to sink. Do you guys remember that? Why did Peter begin to sink? He walked on water. He was accomplishing what, what he was set out to do. But why did he begin to sink? Because he took his eyes off Christ and he began to look around at the water, at the, the crashing waves and, 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 and everything that was going on. Sometimes when we begin to lose focus on God and we begin to put our, our hopes and, and our trust in our government, and we begin to put it in other people. Amen. We begin to understand that man will fail you. Ephesians 4.27 says, give no place to the devil. See, some of us give our devils and our demons rent-free space. We let them live in our minds for free. We let them live in our hearts and, and, and live all dirty in there. We don't want a clean house. We don't want to clear out and have a deliverance. Some of us need deliverance. Amen. Deliverance is real. One, one of the major ministries of Jesus was deliverance. You say you can't have a spirit, you can. Believe me, you can. And we can get rid of that if you want. Hallelujah. But you're going to have to be persistent about it. You're going to have to be real about it. You're going to have to really want that spirit to be gone. If you really want that vexing spirit to leave you, you're going to have to really put in some work. Amen. One way to get away from depression is to get close to worship. The more you worship, because the Bible says in John 4, 24, that God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
If you're going to begin to worship God in spirit and in truth, amen, those shackles are going to begin to break off, amen. Just like Paul and Silas when they were in the prison and they began to worship, amen. Just like Peter when he was in the prison and he began to worship, amen. Those shackles begin to fall off. But let me tell you something, my friend. When your shackles fall off, don't you dare start playing with those, those shackles again. When those chains fall off, don't play with the shackles. Leave them alone. Amen. Because just like the Bible says that, that when, 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 when the evil spirit leaves, it looks for seven more and tries to come back to its home. You are what it's calling its home. It thinks it lives there. Why? Because you let them live rent free. It's time to do, serve an eviction notice, guys. Time to take back your Christian walk. It's time to take back your salvation. Stop letting the devil punk you, man. Stop letting the devil rob you of your joy, of your victories. Stop letting the devil throw fear in your head to disrupt you, to, to, to mess you up. Because that fear seed will grow. Now, I'm not just talking about Corona. I'm talking about any type of fear. Anything against faith is fear. Fear is not of God. See, there was a difference between fear and wisdom and Elijah was fear. He was scared. Sorry about that. You know, there, there was a time where when I came back to God and I wasn't completely delivered. You know, there, there was things that I was still deliver, uh, dealing with. And I can remember going down to the altar and telling God, I really want to be delivered. I really want to be set free, God, and really meaning it. And I, dude, I, I ain't stupid. I can hear people snickering. There he goes again. There goes Vern again. He's going down to the altar. And I didn't care. I would go down to the altar. No matter how many times it took. Earlier I said it was July 11th is the day that I got saved. I remember that. But I cannot remember the day that I got delivered. Because I went down so many times. I didn't give up. I was persistent. I wanted my deliverance and I knew I was going to get it, but I just needed to keep trying and not. Get it. And one day, I, apparently I had, I didn't give up because I'm delivered today. Praise the Lord. God will do it. Amen. But you just got to continue putting in your part. John eight thirty six. It says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now with this scripture, we need to understand that sometimes when God sets us free, it hurts. 
You ever have a broken bone or, or bone that needs to be set? I got this condition in my shoulder. It's called a uh, torn labrum. What it is, is my arm is here and it has this ball socket here. And I have a cup here on my shoulder. And it originally is supposed to just keep it in place. But mine has a rip here. So mine slips out. So there's times that I would be chilling in, in church and my shoulder would just slip out of place. And I would have to pop it back in. Set it. Reset it. And it would hurt like a mother. I had to get surgery and <laughs> me, well, I went to the gym a week after. And, uh, yeah. Hold up. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Um, but the way that we need to handle our depression is through getting back to the basics of God. Getting back to worship, the heart of worship, like true worship, getting back to reading the word of God, because you can't get the word of God out of you if you can't get it in you. We need to get back to fasting, man. We need to get back to being accountable to one another. Accountable in our giving. Accountable in our love. John 16, says, I have overcome the world. Jesus already overcame this world, man. All the things that, that we're going through right now, Jesus already overcame them. Bible says that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Start acting like more than a conqueror. A lot of you guys are not, are, are, aren't acting very godly. You're acting like a little timid little punk when you let the devil mess with you. Nah, man, come on now. Time to rise up, friends. If you need help, I'm here on the side with you. Let's do this, man. If you need prayer for whatever it is that you're going through, you might be going through fear that may have already transitioned to depression. God wants to bring a deliverance to you. God wants to set you free, and he can, and he will. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Remember that. We all know that Jesus is coming back soon. You know, we serve the Lord. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why we love God. He loved us, that he gave his only son. The creation became, the, the creator became creation for you and I. 
Bible says that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. And with the heart, confession is made into Wait, confession is made to salvation with, you know what I mean. <laughs> when you believe and you confess, the Bible says you're saved. So I want you, just to help you out, I want to lead you in a prayer. Just repeat these words and it's not a magical prayer. There is no magical prayer. This is just leading you in a direction of repentance and accepting Christ. Father, forgive us. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. I believe that he sits at the right hand of the Father. And one day he will come back for his church. Father, I thank you for accepting me into your family and writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I thank you for the forgiveness of my sin, past, present, and future. God, I pray that you would bring deliverance into my life from any fear, any bitterness, any hatred, anything that makes you turn your face. We repent, God. Deliver us. Deliver us from depression. Father, let us not go into that area of depression, God, in our lives, Lord. Let us not go down that road. Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God, man. You know, he... Elijah did not give up. Just like King David says, yo, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He doesn't say when I get to the valley of the shadow of death, I pitch my tent. Mm -mm. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley. See, sometimes when we get tired and we get winded, we're going to take a knee. But it just doesn't mean you stay there. Nah, you get up. You get up, soldier, and you keep moving. All right. I just want to say I love you guys. Um, and I can't wait to see you again when we meet at, uh, at church. Um, and um, God bless you.